I want to allow freedom for the spirit to move. And I feel like uh, this moment is not done. Uh, that's what I feel in my spirit. But I want to read you this passage. You know, it's my heart that we make it through all of Genesis. So I'm just going to have Aaron keep playing. And I'm going to read you this. And I'm just going to have a few things to say while Aaron plays. And this will be quick. But I just want us to stay in this worshipful space. Um, so as Aaron plays, let me read you chapter 36 of Genesis. This week I called a blessed people. And I hope by the end of what I have to say, you'll understand why. Now these are the records of the generations of Esau, that is, Edom. Esau took his wives from the daughters of Canaan, Adad, the daughter of Elon the Hittite, and Aholibamah, the daughter of Anna, and the granddaughter of Zibion the Hivite, also Basimit, Ishmael's daughter, the sister of Nabaot. Adah bore Eliphaz to Esau, and Basamet bore Ruel, and Aholibamah bore Juash, and Jalam, and Korah. These are the sons of Esau, who were born to him in the land of Canaan. Then Esau took his wives and his sons and his daughters and all his household and his livestock and all his cattle and all his goods which he had acquired in the land of Canaan. And he went to another land away from his brother Jacob. For their property had become too great for them to live together. And the land where they sojourned could not sustain them because of their livestock. So Esau lived in the hill country of Seir. Esau is Edom. These, then, are the records of the generations of Esau, the father of the Edomites in the hill country of Seir. These are the names of Esau's sons, Eliphaz, the son of Esau's wife, Adah, Ruel, the son of Esau's wife, Basemet. The sons of Eliphaz were Taman, Omar, Zepho, and Gatam, and Kenaz. Timnah was a concubine of Esau's son, Eliphaz, and she bore Amalek to Eliphaz. These are the sons of Esau's wife, Adah. These are the sons of Ruel, Nahath, and Zerah, Shammah, and Misah. These were the sons of Esau's wife, Basemet. These were the sons of Esau's wife, Aholabama, the daughter of Anna, and the granddaughter of Zibion. She bore to Esau, Jewish, and Jalam, and Korah. These are the chiefs of the sons of Esau. The sons of Eliphaz, the firstborn of Esau, are Chief Taman, Chief Omar, Chief Zepho, Chief Kenaz, Chief Korah, Chief Gatam, Chief Amalek. These are the chiefs descended from Eliphaz in the land of Edom. These are the sons of Adah. These are the sons of Ruel, Esau's son, chief Nahath, chief Zerah, chief Shammah, chief Mitzah. These are the chiefs descended from Ruel in the land of Edom. These are the sons of Esau's wife, Basemet. These are the sons of Esau's wife, Aholabama, chief Jewish, chief Jalam, chief Korah. These are the chiefs descended from Esau's wife, Aholabama, the daughter of Anah. These are the sons of Esau, that is, Edom, and these are their chiefs. These are the sons of Seir the Horite, the inhabitants of the land, Lotan and Shobal and Zibion and Anna and Dishon and Esher and Dishan. These are the chiefs descended from the Horites, the sons of Seir in the land of Edom. These sons of Lotan were Hori and Hemam, and Lotan's sister was Timnah. These are the sons of Shobal, Alvan, and Manahat, and Ebal, Shepho, and Onam. These are the sons of Zibion, Allah, and Anna. He is the Anna who found the hot springs in the wilderness when he was pasturing the donkeys of his father, Zibion. These are the children of Anna, Dishon, and Aholabama, the daughter of Anna. These are the sons of Dishon, Hemdan, and Eshban, and Ithran, and Cheran. These are the sons of Ezer, 
Bilhan and Za'avan and Akan. These are the sons of Dishan, Uz and Aran. These are the chiefs descended from the Horites. Chief Lotan, Chief Zrobal, Chief Zibian, Chief Anna, Chief Dishon, Chief Ezer, Chief Dishan. These are the chiefs descended from the Horites according to their various chiefs in the land of Ser. Now these are the kings who reigned in the land of Edom before any king reigned over the sons of Israel. Bela, the son of Beor, reigned in Edom, and the name of his city was Dinhaba. Then Bela died, and Jobab, the son of Zerah of Basra, became king in his place. Then Jobab died, and Husham of the land of the Temanites became king in his place. Then Husham died, and Hadad, the son of Badad, who defeated Midian in the field of Moab, became king in his place, and the name of his city was Avit. Then Hadad died, and Samla of Mazrakah became king in his place. Then Samla died, and Sha'ul of Rehabot on the Euphrates River became king in his place. Then Sha'ul died, and Baal Hanan, the son of Akbor, became king in his place. Then Baal Hanan, the son of Akbor, died, and Hadar became king in his place. And the name of his city was Pau, and his wife's name was Mehebatabel, Mehetabel, the daughter of Matred, daughter of Mezahab. Now these are the names of the chiefs descended from Esau, according to their families, and their localities by their names, Chief Timna, Chief Alva, Chief Jeheth, Chief Oholibama, Chief Ella, Chief Pinon, Chief Kenaz, Chief Teman, Chief Mibzar, Chief Magdiel, Chief Eram. These are the chiefs of Edom, that is Esau, the father of the Edomites, according to their habitations in the land of their possession. Wow. What a mouthful. There's this whole genealogy. We followed through the, the book of Genesis and we followed uh, the story of the chosen line from beginning to end. Adam and Seth and Noah. And every time we followed this line, they've given these genealogies, first of the unchosen line and then the chosen line. They did it with Cain. We saw the line of Cain and then we saw the righteous line of Seth. They did it with Ishmael. And then we saw the chosen line of Isaac afterwards. And now they're doing it with Esau. And we're going to see next week the chosen line, the stories of Jacob. Which are defined by his sons. But when I think about Esau, you know, I I talked last week about this reality that we have so much in common as humans. Humanity has something innately connected with itself. No matter who you are, being human is is a similar experience. No matter what age you lived in, no matter what place you live in, there's a reality of being human that connects us. The beauty to me of the scripture, one of the beautiful things about God and and who he's made us, uh, is the concept of paradox. On any spectrum... If you get too far off to, the, to one side or the other, you, you get off base. There's, there's a middle ground, a middle position where you hold things in tension. And, and it's all, I feel like the vast majority of the time, that's where you find God, is in that tension. And what I see when I look at this genealogy of Esau is this, this, this line looks just like Jacob's. It's just a a line of names. It it looks just like any other genealogy. And that's true. Like I talked about last week, there is a human connection. But there's also a distinguishing, there's a 
difference in the lines we're seeing. And what the difference is, is that God chose one of them. And we forget that. And sometimes we don't like that. We don't like that God has chosen some. But it's clear a distinction is made between Esau and Jacob. There's this beautiful story of their reconciliation. I think it's one of the greatest stories in Scripture. I'll always hold that as a treasured moment. But remember, from the very beginning of their lives, it's said that they are two nations. The prophecy spoken over them at birth. That there are two nations, Rebecca, in your womb at war. Edom and Israel, right? These two nations. And it's interesting because if you follow who these nations become, right down to the end of the Old Testament, at least where our Old Testament ends, Hebrew Old Testament ends with Chronicles. But in the English order of the Old Testament, we go down to Malachi. And it's the last we hear until Jesus appears on the scene of the prophetic voice, at least of the scriptural prophetic voice. And Malachi opens like this. Malachi 1. The oracle of the word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord. Who's he speaking to? The nation of Israel. He says, I have loved you, says the Lord. But you say, how have you loved us? Remember, this is the after the exile. They've been put into exile and they finally come back. They've brought, been brought back to the land and they make the temple. And you know what happens when they remake the temple? They weep. You know why they weep? Because it's nothing compared to the former glory of the temple in the days of old. They don't weep because it's so powerful that they remade the temple. They weep because they remember the glory when God was there in the days of David. In the days of Solomon. It didn't live up to their expectations. And now they're living in this hopeless, depleted situation. We're back in the land. The Lord has brought us back. He's taken us out of exile. We're back where we're meant to be. And yet nothing is going right. There's no hope. And our temple's a joke. And the, the glory of things past completely overshadows our reality. That we live in now. And it's in that moment that Israel asks this question. How have you loved us, God? You keep talking about how you love us. I've loved you. How have you loved us? And what does God say? He says, was not Esau Jacob's brother? Yet I have loved Jacob but I have hated Esau. And I have made his mountains a desolation and appointed his inheritance for the jackals of the wilderness. See, we don't like to do this. We don't like to, to think in these terms, but God actually does it many times in Scripture. He says, how, how have I loved you? Have you not seen the ruin that comes to those who are not chosen? Have you not seen the destruction that awaits the wicked? Look at their end. 
Look at what becomes of them. How have I loved you? You still exist. Edom is a wasteland. I have made his inhabitants desolate, and it's a haunt for jackals. There's nothing left. How have I loved you? My hand has protected your nation. Though many times over, I should have destroyed you. Many times over, you have, you have deserved judgment. I have preserved you. Because you are my chosen. Look at Esau. Look at what happened to that nation. And look at you, Israel. Back in the land, brought out of exile. That's how I've loved you. The psalmist over and over will say, consider the end of the wicked. Meaning, not like their end. What is to happen to them? When they come to their end, what, what does it look like? It looks like destruction and ruin. It looks like judgment and chaos. But for the righteous, they stand. They're stand, they're, they're planted firm, like Psalm 1 talks about. Like trees next to a stream, they're planted strong and firm, and they will last. Tonight's sermon I entitled, A Blessed People. Because we are a blessed people. Because we stand in the vein of Jacob. And we too sometimes have to consider the end of the wicked. Look at the unchosen. There's a distinction. In the same way we're all connected, because we're all human, we can look at those who have completely and utterly rejected God and see the end to which they come and recognize that we are blessed because God has chosen us, because we've been in his chosen line, because we've been brought into the fold like Jacob. That he is preserving us and protecting us no matter how bleak, no matter how hopeless the situation, the people of God have been preserved. And sometimes it feels like, well, can we really look at that? Can we re is it okay? Is it nice to look at the end of the wicked? The scriptures say over and over, consider where they go. Consider what happens to them. Consider what, what their lives look like. And compare that to the life of the righteous. I think God's called us to do that. Not to compare ourselves and see we're so much better than them. Not to make some comparison to say that we weren't once like them. But to remind us of the faithfulness of the God who chose us. The God who invited us to be his people. That's the distinguishing between the people of God and the world. The world will meet its end. It will find judgment. It will come to ruin. The people of God will pass through the fire, refined, changed, transformed, made pure. And in dark days, like these days, we've got to remind ourselves that we are a blessed people.
that we stand under the God of Jacob, the God of the promises. And that's what I wanted to do tonight. That's what I was talking about when I said, let's all share something. I meant, let's help remind each other that we're a blessed people. No matter how dark the days, we have a treasure that is immeasurably worth more than the darkness of any day could ever be. A treasure that cannot be stolen from us. That Christ has saved us. That the Spirit has indwelt us. That the Father loves us even while we were His enemies. That we've been brought into the family. That we've been grafted into the fold. And we stand as the people of God now. A blessed people. I'm going to have Tyler pray for us. And I think I'm just going to have Aaron sing one more song of worship after that. Tyler's going to pray, and then we'll have Aaron lead us in one more song. And then I just want to go around the room and have every one of us share something. Remind each other. Let's remind each other of the blessing we've had in the last year and a half. Again, whatever, excuse me, whatever you want to share. Maybe it's something God's been doing in your heart over the last year and a half. Maybe it's a moment you remember. Maybe it's a a conversation you had that was really powerful or beautiful. Maybe it's a sermon you heard. Maybe it's the word of God that just touched you in a certain way. Whatever it is, feel free to share it. If you want to encourage someone, you want to uplift them. If you want to, whatever you want to do. But let's be present to help remind each other who we are. And that even in these days that can be so dark, we are a blessed people. We are a blessed people that stand in the promises. We stand in that line. Thank God we're not in the line of Esau. We're not in the line of Ishmael. We're not in the line of Cain. We're in the line of Jacob, the line of promise. We were far off, but we've been brought near. We were out of the fold, but we've been brought into it. We were not part of the tree, but we were grafted in. Let's remind ourselves of that tonight. Tyler. Uh, Lord, we are just so thankful for the things you've done for us. And uh, as, as we have decided to have tonight be more of a celebration, I'm thinking back over the last year and a half of having church in this, in this home, um, I'm just so thankful for uh, you allowing us to continue to meet in this place and um, thank you so much for Jerry and Janice and their hospitality and their willingness to have people in their home their um, their hard work and their dedication to this church uh, for cooking meals for welcoming people for being uh, just such gracious hosts Lord we pray that you would just give them a special blessing at this time and uh, let them realize how important this has been to this church uh, having this place to meet and Lord thank you so much for the things we've seen happen in this place too 
We've seen healings happen in this church. We've seen relationships restored. We've seen broken hearts mended. Uh, we've seen growth in, in individuals and in the church as a whole. But there's just so many things to be thankful for and so many amazing things that have happened. And um, we just are so blessed to be your chosen people. When the world shut down and churches were closing down, you allowed us to stay open and to stay uh, in community with each other. And I think we have all been blessed through that, Lord, and we're thankful for that. More as we as we look forward to our next chapter of this church's life, um, we just pray that you would continue to be with us and continue to bless us, um, continue to build us up and build this church to be. Uh, just a strong church in, in this area for you. I pray that you would uh, help us grow in numbers and also grow in our uh, spiritual uh, walk individually, Lord. I pray that this church would continue to be a blessing to all of us and that it could continue to be a home and a comfort and a place of peace and rest for all of us when we need it pray that you would uh, just walk with us, Lord, continue to protect us, uh, continue to uh, give us health and happiness, continue to uh, just be with us, Lord. We're so thankful again for everything you've done for us, and we pray that you would just be with us and bless us. And as we go throughout this week, help us to remember each other in our prayers. Yes, help us to uh, keep in touch with each other and Help us to be prepared in our hearts and our minds for what is to come that you have for us, Lord. We're so thankful and we pray all these things in your name.